Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Notes and Nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Well, Blues off again tonight, but tomorrow night they'll take on the Arizona Coyotes. And joining us right now to talk about your St. Louis Blues is our guy, Jeremy Rutherford, with The Athletic. And, of course, you can follow Jeremy Rutherford on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. What's up, JR? Good, good, good. Hey, I was in the tire store. How'd you guys do in the gauntlet? Anthony kicked butt. I won today. Awesome. It's a good, yeah, it's a good day. Uh, six of a possible eight points, JR. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah it was locked in today. You know, uh, but my teammates were there to help me. And uh, we just take it one day at a time in the gauntlet. But uh, love the way the team's been playing. Hmm. Yeah, it must have been football. Yes, it, it absolutely was, was football. Yes, yeah, was. Um, I'll take that as both a compliment and a criticism. Yeah, uh, Jr. The interesting news today, kind of, kind of a, a, a an interesting underlying story, is that the Blues' first pick in this last this last draft, Dvorsky, he goes to the OHL. And he, he gets the promotion to one of Jamie Rivers' old teams, oh, yeah, the Sudbury baby. Wolves. What does this mean for the Blues, and what does this mean for Dvorsky? How about that? Are you on the wall there in Sudbury, Jamie? I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, <laughs> the, the uh, Hall of Fame up there, as well as the, wow. one of the top five players ever in franchise history. They wow. Have a little thing wow. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. well, I think that... Uh, Ford Dvorsky is going to be next to you one day. I hope so. Because uh, he's now a Sudbury Wolves. And, yeah, you see the news that uh, he's leaving Sweden and he's heading to the uh, Ontario Hockey League to play for Sudbury. And you, you wonder what it means. Well, basically, here's what it means. I spoke with his agent today, J.P. Barry of CAA, and also uh, the Sudbury GM. And here's what I came up with is, is that the situation in Sweden just wasn't a good one for him. Uh, Dvorsky last year played in the second-highest league in Sweden, and this past summer, he signed to play with the top league. And it's a men's league, and they got off to a bad start, 2-8. and eight. They've got to win. It's a business. He wasn't playing his last two games for them. He played a minute 35 and 44 seconds, where it was a total ice time in those two games. So uh, I think J.P. Barry's agent and the Blues' Doug Armstrong and Tim Taylor, the player development guy for the Blues, they were all in consultation, and it would be best to go to Sudbury which is the team that drafted them in the import draft in 2022. So I think it's big picture. It's going to be a good thing. He's going to be playing in North America on the smaller ice, getting a chance to develop with Sudbury. I think that's the biggest key to everything is getting a chance to play. You know, I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, but the Blues, their initial thought of Dvorsky playing in Sweden was that he would be developing 
with men playing at a professional level, and they thought that that was a pretty good idea. But when that goes sideways, you still need your player to continue to develop. Definitely. And they thought that that was going to be the situation, even though it is a men's league in Sweden. And uh, the agent, J.P. Berry, did tell me that Dalibor wanted to play against the best over in Sweden. So that's why they made that decision to play in that league. Uh, But when push came to shove, when the team started off slow, he didn't get that ice time. He's not developing. So in talking to uh, Sudbury, I talked to Rob Papineau, who's the GM there, and he said that, welcome Dalibor Dvorsky. You're going to get plenty of ice time. You're going to play top six, top uh, top line, in fact. Also power play. The power play has been struggling there in Sudbury, so he's going to get that opportunity too. And he's going to get all the ice time he wants, and he's going to eventually leave there with his picture next to yours. <laughs> I, I hope so, man. That'll mean he's had quite a run in Sudbury. Hey, JR, speaking of the power play, the power play has also struggled uh, for the Blues thus far. What do you think of the special teams? What are you hearing about the chatter of the special teams and things that uh, is so early, but, you know, if there's any any at least small tweaks that uh, could be upcoming? Yeah, maybe Dvorsky should come to St. Louis instead of Sudbury. Uh, <laughs> could, uh, help this power play. You know, it's, it's two games, and you're right. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I was talking to Robert Thomas a couple of day, days ago at his stall, and you know, you're saying that in two weeks, you know, maybe you're five for 25 on a power play. Things are starting to look a little bit uh, better, and, uh, and and you forget about those first couple games. But you can't right now because this is the here and now. It's not looking good. You can't really analyze it and say it's this thing or it's that thing because it's everything. Uh, today at the end of practice, guys, they did have kind of a smaller ice session for the power play. You know, I think that uh, once you do get some things figured out with the zone entry and some better passes i mean honestly we talk about the power play all the time a lot of time it comes down to the good clean passes and we haven't seen those uh, but i think uh, craig berube is looking for some quick action some crisp passing and that's what uh, the uh, the reason for the drill today jr you uh, you put a piece out in the athletic regarding the blues you know overall defense and also colton pareko uh you know in, in doing that piece for the athletic what are some things that you learned about what's going on with the Blues defensive system? And, you know, what do you think personally about Colton Pareko's play overall? I like it. I think he's been really good. But let's talk about the system first. You know, there's been a lot of talk about it. They're switching to this zone and they're covering the slot area. Well, there's not, you know, I watched every possession of both games. I went back and watched it. And, you know, hockey, there's not a lot of situations where it's like perfectly set up and everybody's moving in motion and doing exactly what the the zone is kind of calling for, you know, a lot of plays are discombobulated and and the Blues are trying to get out and kill plays before the teams can get set up. What I saw were, you know, guys executing, guys doing the things that we didn't see last year, like Colton Pareko in particular, Riff, you know, he's, he's, he's beating a guy to the corner, winning the battle, smashing him into the boards, and then if the guy or another player on the opposition cuts back to the front of the net, you know, he's right on his tail. Tory Krug, Justin Falk, both of those guys playing physical in front of the net with guys like Jason Robertson and also Jamie Benn. I think Falk knocked Ben down in one of the highlights that I clipped. So just a lot of different things that, that we didn't see last year. Again, we got to go back to two games. Things can change in a hurry. Uh, but I think right now they're executing it the way they want to be doing it. Jeremy Rutherford joins us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We had Chief on earlier today, and we asked him about the scrum between Cairo and Shen. And he goes, "I I asked for it." I, and he was asking, he he was saying that he was asking for the intensity. 
Uh, are you? What are you seeing from one of the underlying storylines? Kind of like the the leadership, you know, and and how guys, young guys like Jordan Cairo and uh, Robert Thomas would take the next step in leadership, but also obviously Braden Chen being named the captain. What have you seen? What have you observed that thus far from a leadership standpoint in that in that dynamic? Well, I think it's great. Uh, you know, you uh, you're a reporter, so you wear the objective hat, and you know you're not really pulling for guys for certain roles, but I have felt following this team for a long time that Braden Shen could easily be the captain of this team. And, you know, it's not because he was pushing around Jordan Cairo a couple days ago, but it's just because of the things that he does and says that you can tell he's kind of taking control of this team. And, you know, you have to do this stuff in the first week or two of the season. Like, like if, if this stuff adds up and boils over and, and, and two months into the season, three months into the season, you know, your record's less than 500, and and Braden Chen is wishing he would have taken control earlier. You know, this is what he's doing now. He's setting the tone for this team. And whether it's Jordan Cairo or somebody else, he he wants the hard work. And Anthony, I like you. Uh, when I asked Craig Bruby yesterday about the Jordan Cairo Braden Chen dust up, he said, uh, "I like it. I wanted it." And I thought when he said I wanted it, he's saying like he called for it. Mm-hmm. No, he was just calling for a physical practice, and that was a byproduct of that physical practice. Yeah, Jr. Getting back to the power play real quick. If if the power play sputters tomorrow night against the Coyotes, which hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, do you see a scenario where on Saturday night Craig Berube goes eleven seven and Scott Perunovich makes his first appearance of the season? Yeah, I could easily see that. I had a chat with uh, Scott Perunovich today at his stall. You know, he's just biding his time, waiting to get into the lineup. Riv, you know how it is sometimes as a reporter. Uh, you talk to a guy and you think that hey, maybe there's a chance to get in for that reason and. You know, the player kind of has to do the uh, lips locked and, and just stick to himself and, and keep working hard and try to get in there. But, yeah, I, I think there's a possibility to do that. I mean, who comes out of that forward group? You, you know, you're trying to get the offense going. You're trying to uh, get guys scoring. And, uh, you know, if you have to take one away to get Scott Pernovich in there, then I think that's the thing you have to do because they've, ha- they've got to get this power play going. You know, Craig Bruby said himself the other day, guys, if guys are scoring on the power play and feeling good about their touches, that'll transfer to five-on-five. Perhaps that's the way to get this offense going, and Scott Prunovich could definitely help that power play. JR, good stuff as always, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Anytime, boys. Thanks a lot. Thank you.